Carrying huge space. Look how fast he's going. Polar opposite to the conditions he won in Lords. Rain so close. They're getting the last step down. The crowd is roaring. He is going to do it. He's going to smash the time of Lawrence. Downhill racer and our expert here today, Andrew Needling. That's the intro right there. You having yeah. coffee? So I can't intro you. You're just a bit tired. You, you can intro me. I don't think you need an intro, Sven Martin, photographer on the World Cups. He uses the shoes, the pedals, integral part of Crank Brothers. You guys, it's the Crank Brothers race review, and I've dragged Sven directly from Andorris on a big road trip home. I'm Andrew Nietling, and Crank Brothers last year celebrated 11 years in a row of Elite World Champs titles. Now, before with the Mallet DH, before Sven jumps in again, we've got a couple Sam Hill wins there on the flat pedals. Now you see it. With Lucas Shaw, Laurie Greenland, Cami Blanche, Angle Suarez, and Sven. I think they did. Uh... Angle? It's, it's not Angle. Oh, man. He's got angles down the track. I am a big fan. He does. But he, he does. What's it called? I think they did the quadruple. I think they got the title, at least for pedals and some shoes in there on all the categories in downhill. Um, yes. Just going, just checking them off in my head. Yep. I went through. Uh, your, I went through your photos to triple that, check, quadruple check. I think it, they I, they won. They had pedals on all the bikes of the winners: junior men, junior yeah. women, elite men, elite women. How's that? That's not. Yeah. A, that's not yeah. a bad clean sweep. They call it. And a bunch of them were in the shoes, like you said. Not not all of them, but a bunch of them. Yeah, I mean, there's more and more riders. Um, I'm not surprised using the shoes. Great interface and most comfortable shoe I have ridden. Are you stop making a noise there? Because I'm gonna have to edit this. The more noise I'm you sorry. make, the more I gotta edit. I'm done. But you know what's also interesting? Um, because obviously, when you launch like new shoes or pedals or whatever, you're giving a bunch of stuff out to get it out there. But I know who they sponsor, and I know who's getting free shoes, for instance, because um, you know pretty much everyone's on the pedals. Well, a lot of people are on the pedals. Um, but the amount of saturation they actually have in a short like year and a half in the in the shoes is, is quite um quite something to see actually um, and and I know like more than three quarters of those people are, are buying the shoes even though they might be you know um, pro sponsored riders yeah and then a lot of riders requesting shoes that don't have shoe deals going Phew, well I'm not going to request another brand uh, I, I see these are working so. Uh... Yeah, it's really cool to see and awesome that they're supporting racing and racing is alive and kicking. It was hot out there in Andorra. I mean, if you spoke to any of the Brits, all they could do was moan about how hot it is. Um, but the track was hot, fast and furious. Yeah, we all got short memories. Like if it was raining, we'd be complaining about that. So, uh, but yeah, uh, Europe's having a heat wave. There's fires kind of like California and South Africa, fires all over the show. Um, no it's carrying on for another week and um but it seems like yeah the, the, we'll talk about the heat later how how it affected maybe the fastest time of the day in um elite runs versus juniors but um it, it was good to have a hot dry and it's dry heat so it's it's another thing you know like i think better to be racing downhill than cross country like i shot yesterday um the Danielers can complain how hot and dry it was, but they didn't have to race cross-country because that was savage. And they didn't have a lot of pedaling to do, and they had a short track um, at altitude because it was higher than the other track, so it affected them 
Definitely a little bit, but not like an XE rider, that's for sure. So what, I mean, new tracks always exciting. Uh, it looked brutal. I mean, the, if you had a crash there, it was going to be a big one. And we saw that obviously with Amory and, yeah. and the likes of some others in, in practice. <clears throat> Yeah, I always uh, try to reserve judgment till I've seen the track or or ridden it. I didn't get to ride this one, but um, or let the riders ride it and reserve judgment until then, um, because you know the GoPros. I remember the first like in modern internet new track history when when we went to Labres for the first time and people saw some GoPro footage of like guy riding some like city hills and grass fields and, and they thought it would be the like the shittest track ever and then we close the store and then in the end it was one of the most like epic world cups ever the the original labrest not the bike park labrest um so yeah um it was a bit of a, a track of two um flavors or two styles um super well built and it held up pretty well top um big wide super fast um berms and jumps but not like kind of bike parky but but on steroids it's like there's not really like a public bike parky size of the jumps they really kind of upped it for the world cup kind of level of riding and then just super straight and fast which paid to some rider strengths which we'll get to later um and then the only downside and the only negativity which people gave feedback from the Catalan Cup um, at the end of last year and earlier this year was that they all requested changes to the bridge structures, um, which were never were not made from then when they had a lot of notice. And, you know, um, once you arrive at the World Cup, a, a structure as big as that is hard to change. But they did get feedback a lot earlier to, to change it. And we saw some pretty savage crashes and some broken collarbones on that last, literally that step down last jump into the finish line. We saw some of the juniors tag the pad. And then the day before uh, the junior, that's usually number five played, number four played um, Canyon collective. He broke his collarbone in, in quality maybe. And then um, uh, Remy Meyer Smith was coming down green, green, green and would have possibly been on the podium in juniors. And he massive crash clipped the pad. So that was the only downside to the track, but um, on the whole, it was pretty awesome for a new track for it to be that good. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was scary to watch the speeds and, um, but uh, overall, like I'll give it a, an A minus just because of maybe an A, A minus because of those bridges at the end, but I think everyone, it was good. Yeah. Especially when you have such a good old Andorra track, you don't want to like, how do you, go to a new track when the old one was so good but the old one was getting worse the last few years the bottom and you know it wasn't as good as the early days so yeah i mean eventually it's uh changes is good it's it just gives them something else to to work on but i know there were turns and i know things are a little different when you're riding but i mean a lot of it was straight and raw speed and and that's how we saw someone like Quinn back in the mix but also he's been building momentum and being really patient um, and then it was critical down the bottom, but um, it it seemed to be beat up as the day went on. Like when you were watching it, it was cool that you could watch the whole track on the broadcast. It's under three minutes, right? So that's good for TV, and it's so fast. But then the track, it was quite tough to put a faster run down. I think as the day went, and then obviously the guys, the cream rises to the crop at the end. 
but you know you had Zwa coming down in the hot seat and then like some big names couldn't get within a second or two, even two seconds of him. And it's almost like yeah, but if you've Zwar, got a, Zwar, No, he's a great yeah, rider, but, but I just it, think I just think the track deteriorated over the day, and that's maybe the junior having the fastest time and four of them in the top ten. We haven't seen that before. To to some extent, yes, I agree with you, but I wouldn't use um Zwar is such a solid rider. Um and it's almost like when his brother can race the final, like he picked up the slack, so to speak. Um, so he is capable of a top ten finish. Uh, I would say. No, regardless. fair enough. So I this, think this was a great. It was a great finish for him. But yeah, there's definitely. A, a, well, obviously, the his, historically, the facts speak for themselves. You know, the juniors haven't won the fastest time of the day, and the margins. So yeah. So yes, but also no. I wouldn't take anything away from couple of rides that went early. Yeah, not from Zwar. But, you know, because often you are nervous to qualify and you just sneak in and then you've got your best run for the final and you show your real card. So, no, incredible rider. It just, you know, unfortunately on paper, not to take away from the junior. I mean, that's, I still can't believe the pace. They're all going like, regardless of this race, you know, last week and the week before. And I had to go back because there were some comments about it, and it looked like in 98, Burrell was a junior. I think it was Worlds okay. in St. Anne. And his time was something like 0.2 fast than Nico, right? And then oh, hang on. Is this in a, in race, on race day? In a race day, but obviously it's in 98, so I don't know when the juniors went compared to the elites and what the conditions ah, are. It's 1998 been, in St. Anne, that, right? That but could have been rain, yeah. Who knows? It's a very similar time, but... And yeah. Volios. Well, know, Sam he... Sam Hill Sam Sam Hill in 03 when Greg won in Lavinia. Sam Hill. No, Lugano, Lugano, was... Switzerland. Lugano, Lugano. Yeah. So Lugano's Sam Hill was just a couple of seconds off Greg, but he had like a six, seven, eight second crash. Oh, he was easily so going to be quicker Hill if he stayed on his bike. Easy. Um, and then, but what, what did Bruni when Bruni and Josh, a couple of guys have obviously podiumed when when they were racing junior, um, when they were junior riders in the main World Cup field before we had junior categories. I think Bruni got fourth and a fifth, and um, I think he was the last year that the, maybe he raced with the elites. Was that, is that right? In I'd, I'd, ha- a, I'd have to look it up. Um, but, you know, there's so many things, variables. So, okay, now we go now put Jordan Williams and Jackson, put them in the elite field, qualifying eighth, seventh, fourth. And then you're at the top of the hill and it's quiet and all the elites are around, you know. I mean, there's a lot of pressure. I'm not taking anything away from them. You've just got to go. It is a different race and it is five hours before the elite. So, I mean, still an incredible feat. You still can say, look, fastest time of the day. I I'm, I wasn't trying to go down in different conditions. <laughs> it just happened. Yeah, norm- normally the, the times always get faster throughout the day. Even though the track gets a little beat up, it, it dries up and dries up in a good way. This has been the first World Cup in, in, in a long time where it's dried up in a bad way. And that's going back to the heat and the heat wave. You could literally see, like, even in, in last last training run, even last training run, so this would have been just before the juniors went to do their race run. Every time someone hit that, that last dirt turn before you got to that second last bridge, um, and you saw in the race a lot of people dabbing, that, that turn got pushed out and it it – wasn't there anymore. So literally every single rider going down was pushing that, like it was pushing the turn or the track a little bit worse. 
So, yeah, by the last guys, um, there there were turns that weren't there anymore. But I think more, which which all the riders said, um, which affected them more than the track getting blown up because they said they are used to that happening. Um, because there was so much loose rock, um, the the, the, the rocks from a previous rider or two riders before were would roll down and settle in in the rut and and when you're going fully committed and you're pushing your front wheel hitting a baby head size rock um that spits you out and what they did say that the track was in the morning was super well raked um the course builders so like the juniors had a really prep track you know they, they only did a couple of runs and then they went straight to racing so they had a really prep track for racing so you know but then again it is like it's they second year juniors now um we fifth race of the season so they how their pace has picked up throughout the year and by the end of the year those top three juniors are going to settle into top a couple of top tens maybe the podium next year and um you know top 20 riders and grab some podiums maybe Jackson or Jordan will even get a win next year in the elites. Like who knows, you know, and same thing for Phoebe. Um, she, she's clocked into like a, like a top six, top seven time. Um, so the course of the year she's developed as a rider um, and second year junior, she's now matured into graduating the junior field. So I think it's like a perfect amount of years for juniors to have two years racing. The first year they crash and burn and, and like figure how to like, you know, they, there's no juniors don't need to have a plan the first year. They just need to go fast and hard, and then second year they can start. You know, kind of being being like more serious juniors. I think that's why I think that's how I would tell my juniors if I had a team. But when you when you say not have a plan and go hard, you're going to have half of them in the hospital on the second race. And you don't have any juniors in your team. Yeah, but so they heal. They heal yeah, quick. They heal up in three weeks. They're juniors. They like three weeks. They don't need six weeks. They get three weeks. They're not old like us. Yeah, no, exactly. They no. they back from a collarbone in two and a half weeks. Speaking of that, yeah. So not taking anything away from because I have this conversation when my brother shares all sorts of stuff on Instagram. Some I can share publicly. Some I can't. But. I get a few Jackson Goldstone reels sent to me or a few things sent. Um, that guy can ride a bike. I'm blown away. He's tiny, so he's not as strong and fit as the other guys, even though they're professional. And the pace these guys are able to do when they're so young, I'm blown away. I mean, I, yeah, it's pretty damn cool. Yeah, but you remember, you remember like a tiny guy on big track. You remember when Laurie Greenland won in Val de Sol? Like, when he wants to go, he goes. And, and he just throws in those quick top, like you know, like you know, we the the the. It's it's so weird because you have a little guy like Jackson Goldstone or Laurie when he was like early elite or whatever, and then you've got um, like Kalange and Almery that are built like big and Manar. But it's such a cool sport where you know that little guy and a big guy is still an even playing field. You know, you got Tony Hawk that's like Steve Pete size except skinny. And then you got like a little Jackson Goldstone. So like, it's pretty cool that there's some sports out there where your size, you know, it's not, not like American football or, or rugby where or basketball know, Jackson get smoked. Yeah, or basketball. I mean, Jackson yeah. will get smoked in rugby and basketball. He probably got a good free throw because he's like a little, like too talented. He could be scrum off in rugby but, um, and you just run away from everyone nah, and he might not die. I was scrum off. I was scrum off. I would have flattened him like in a second. <laughs> um, but the funny thing about Jackson um, 
because like you, you have these juniors that you kind of know are going to make good photos. And then some of them are like quite serious in the racing. Like I'm not going to message Jordan and be like, Hey, do you do a big whip on this hip on race day practice run? But like Jackson will kind of, you could ask him and he good chance he'll do it. Maybe not the run before his race run, but I, I wonder sometimes that um, lens are higher at those big, um, that second big jump because the first big whip jump wasn't that good this year because it didn't have enough speed. But the, sec- the second big one, he was hitting the bonus lip probably like 90% of the time. He probably only hit it in quality and race and maybe hit it one other time. Um, so I'm quite surprised that he does have that much play in him, even though he's getting to the sharp end and the serious end of racing. And But, I mean, that's also like, you know, when you're having fun, you're going fast and – he's able to like somehow like do big whips and scrubs off the shark fin and then next run like completely do a different line to go fast, you know? Yeah, man, a happy he's, rider. He's, is a, he's talented. Yeah, no, a happy rider is a fast rider and Jordan Williams is, they, they're really pushing each other, you know, trading wins there. So that's pretty incredible to see. Um, speaking of back in the mix, I mean, we jump around. Uh, Loic Bruni <laughs> could have won the thing. <laughs> I mean, the shoulder was too sore to do qualifying a week ago, and then he can hold on to this track. And I saw some of the moments he had. He almost missed the one turn through that rough bit at the top. I was like, whoa. And he did the stump gap or whatever you guys are calling that. The stump, yeah, yeah. So, so this, this, the stump gap was like was basically was me to gauge Loic's fitness. Um, when I say fitness, his strength, because obviously he's going to be fit. Um, his racing fitness in terms of his strength to put down a solid run. And we had a chat and uh, you and Eddie actually covered it really well. Um, actually, i got to compliment you. Usually I find like fault with most World Cup post-show wrap-up, but you and Eddie had a stellar one uh, last week. You nailed like pretty much everything. I, I usually like I'm ready to get on the WhatsApp and like call <laughs> bullshit and a lot of stuff. So you guys broke that down really well. And I came to like, I came to listen to that one um, on one of the, on the drive to Andorra because it was a long drive, and I was like expecting to just get all the Eddie antics, and but it was, it, I came for the humor, and there actually wasn't that much of it. But he's like so good at um, analytical breakdowns as well. So that was um, so you guys nailed that, and you guys said it talking about Bruni. This is what we're talking about. So when I spoke to him after Lenzahada, um, he did those minimal runs and didn't do quality. Um, didn't practice like race morning, but he said the only reason he was doing Lenzahada was to have another race under the belt. So it wasn't like to get a result of Lenzahada. He needed to go through the motions. He needed to do the warm up. He needed to go hard. He needed to have um, the big show moment and it's the psychology of racing. So what he did, like, and I'm finding a lot of people when they have like bad form or injured, they like don't race. Obviously, if you're injured to a certain degree where you shouldn't be riding your bike. You know, obviously don't. But there's a couple of people in Endura and Daniel that when they're into a hard time, um, and I'm not talking about concussions and stuff, that you stay off the bike, but they're like, don't race or they don't ride. But Loic's like smarter than that. He's like, racing is the best preparation for the recovery of my comeback. And he knew he needed X amount of races. So he's going now to America and he's going there to win which means he's going to Leger, obviously, for a real win. So he's not going to Leger to to or to West Virginia, Montanan, to like only looking at Worlds. He's also going there to try to win those races. Um, 
which I thought was a bit risky because I thought his season's done. He should just focus on Leger. But so whatever he did in Lanzarote was the perfect prep for this race. And when I saw him do that stump gap um, and hold it strong, then I knew, you know, like now he's basically ready to, I put him on like before this weekend, I wouldn't have said he would do this well. And now I put him back in your, you know, your top, your, your top, the threat to win basically. Yeah, no, he's, uh, it really did, it paid off. Um, I text him a little bit about that writer's union thing. And I also just couldn't help myself. I just, I, I heard his interviews and he's so hard on himself. I said, you know, you've got to look at, you know, the facts and the facts are you didn't write as much. The facts are, it's a deeper field. So that P23 that he's a bit despondent about, it's, it's not a true reflection of him. And and the same goes, I think, Gwyn has really had a lot of people with opinions um, and everyone wants to see him do well and everyone, but he's been, he's dealt with it so incredibly well to have the patience to get back. And, you know, I and the, and the way he verbalizes it, he was aware that he's not going to get back to a podium or a win without going through the steps of maybe an 11th yeah. or a top 10. And then now you see exactly. it, he's pissed off because he knew he actually had the fighting pace for a win and he made some mistakes, but he made mistakes because he was going so hard. Those weren't just and, like errors and tight racing errors. He was going so fast in that section that he sort of just kind of cheat out in, a, in that turn and rode the bank and then almost, almost killed himself. So that's another rider that's, I mean, that's really cool for him. That's going to be the confidence yeah. to know, okay, cool. If I push and I'm clean, I can actually fight for a win now. That's a nicer place to be going in, going into a race. Yeah, I um, I spoke with him. I did an interview, a couple of race interviews that are on Miss Ben Summer's website. In actual fact, we'll probably just um, queue them up at the end of this podcast so you can play them here as well for people that wouldn't have caught them there. Um, and that's exactly what he spoke about. So I did the usual, you know, um, good to see you back and, and, and the run. Um, but the whole time I was interviewing him, I I couldn't not ask about the drought of the last, you know, two years or whatever, however long it's been. Um, but I didn't want to also bring it up in like a, a good moment when he's, you know, like a celebratory interview for being on the podium. I didn't want to start talking about his shit results, let's say. But um, he literally just summed it up. He said, it's just been the most awkwardly bad timing and bad luck. And it's just about how you said you need these races to come back. And he's had now five races to in a row that he's fit and healthy and strong in each of them. And he's got his speed where the last couple of seasons, besides being on new equipment and everything, he has actually always had an ill-timed error, uh, ill-timed crash with an, an injury, sometimes not that bad an injury, a little hand thing, or sometimes a bad injury. Um, so it's literally just, you know, it's a process to get back, just like Loic's had to gone through that process, and, and Gwyn's has actually just had those ill-timed moments. Um, and as like Finn and Loic both said, you know, like you can never count out Gwyn, and you can never count out Minar because there's a reason they won so many races, and they've won so many races that doesn't disappear. It was just the timing of of what's been happening with Gwyn and, and small little niggly injuries and. The same thing was why he's never done well at Worlds. He's almost always had a, a big crash and had an injury um, before or during Worlds Week. So those guys are actually, you know, no one's worried of being con- – or now they but worried because there's another guy that they know not can just get on the podium. There's another guy that they know knows how to win. So, um, you know, it's um, 
not great timing for uh, Loic Loris Omri that Gwyn's coming back on. Um, but yeah, and I, I knew Gwyn was on was basically old Gwyn, and I told him um, first day practice there was this like a uh, multi line like you could either go inside outside or outside inside or, or a mixture of both kind of just a little maybe after the. I forget where, before the road gap and there was a little log drop and then there was like a, kind of a chicane. He came in there and what exactly what you said, he came in there so fast, he got offline, but he didn't, didn't matter. He just went so fast and I haven't seen him go fast, even though he was, he made a mistake. He was still going so fast that I was like, uh, so when Greg won Worlds last year, he missed four lines, but he was just going so fast. It didn't, it didn't actually matter. And when I saw Gwen have that speed and, and not be afraid to ride that speed. I was like, all right, yeah. So Gwyn is like basically a threat again and, and ended up on the podium. Yeah, that's what Eddie and I kind of figured from from Lenza. That's actually exactly what he needed. It's kind of a clean, fast run. And now you gauge. You're like, okay, well, that's 11th pace. I've got to go a bit quicker. So, But speaking of lines, that, that stump gap, um, hmm. I, I'm not convinced. But what I will say is that shows how hungry these guys are because that line, if you committed, and I didn't write it myself, but I watched enough and I looked at the times and I looked at some of the hesitation even when they did it. I'm not judging. If you hesitated and did it, it was slower than not hesitating and rolling it. But yeah, but the it was Loic, because it's the blinded. Greg, the yeah. lo- those guys are so hungry to win. When they hear that things are second faster, whether it's fact or not, they're going to make themselves jump that. Like, like Greg sort of looked over the edge and then popped. So he was like, I have to do this thing, but I'm going to have to do it my way because it's miserable. It's a miserable line. And I was really impressed with the hunger of these top guys to be like, they could have probably rolled it with like full commitment and not lost any time, but kind of mentally. They were going to gap it. It was, it was blind to roll and blind to jump. Um, and Finn rolled it, and I asked him about it. Um, and uh, he, he, and he does some wild stuff. And it's like Finn. He's not he. If anyone can do the stump gap, it can definitely be Finn. But he, 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 he said it was just too risky because even like if you look at. Multiple times that Loic and Greg and the guys did it. If you see different uh, practice clips and and all the reels, every outcome was slightly different. No one did it smooth and the same every time because of where you had to put your front wheel and just how your bike responded. There was no landing pad. There was no. There was a holes. There was roots. There was stumps. There were stumps coming up. There was a pole there. Um, and Eddie said after quality, I'm like, oh, you didn't do the stump cap because in pra- in, pra- in track walk you said you would do it, and, and he's like. No, I've been doing it, but he had like a 50% success ratio. So he said that wasn't good enough to do in a race run. But then I'm watching the live feed um, from the bottom and Eddie, he sends it and he almost dies, which is <laughs> extremely entertaining. On, yeah, on now that feed. he didn't get and, hurt. And, uh, yeah, it's entertaining. But I was like, I was like, Eddie, you just said like yesterday that you weren't going to do it because it's not. He says, yeah, but I greased it in practice. So I thought I'd just do the same thing. So I was like, oh, so you're still – so Eddie, the whole weekend, was still at a 50% success ratio. He literally – for every time he did it clean, he did, he fucked it up. Every time he did it clean. So he um, – so, yeah, I couldn't – was, but it's, that's what's cool about new tracks. And, um, you know, it's like the first time we went to Norway, um, 
there was that road gap that Elliot and, and Bernard did first run, I think, and then maybe only 10 people in the whole field ended up doing it. Um, and then subsequent years, they ended up building a kicker and they built the catch going better. So it became easier to do. And then it was something you did. So this stump gap, you know, I'm sure down the line, it's probably going to get groomed and, and then the landing will be easier than everyone will do it. But it, it was pretty cool to see a track when I'm going to say maybe definitely less than 20, maybe less than 15 people did, uh, which for when you got the top, you know, 60 riders or even the top 100 riders in qualifying in the world, and there's only like less than 15 people in the whole world doing a, a line that may be faster. And, and even if people know they're faster, they're still not doing it like Finn. Um, that's, that's what tracks need, you know? That's a good, that's a really good point on the, on the stump cap. It, it, not a lot of people did it, which shows how gnarly it was, inconsistent it was. And yeah, I mean, committed and you butter it. Yes, I agree. Faster. But like you say, your racing strategy and even Finn had mistakes in his run, had mistake almost off that last bridge with rubber on it. And before that in the rocks, I mean, I don't even know how he rode that out. So he, he lost some time. So that's interesting. And uh, yeah, he's, he's on pace. So he's he said like he said he, he he had no idea what came over him in his race run. It was going well, and then he said he just he said he felt like Superman or God. I forget what his words actual words were. Um, he said he came to the rocks and he's like, I'm just not going to break because I'm fucking I'm invincible. He just he said he had that thought and he's just like I'm everything's going so good. I'm just going to not break and I'm just going to hold it up. I'm I'm strong enough. And he fucking like said he almost. Like you know, I mean, we saw what actually happened, and the fact that he's such a strong, strong kid um, is the only way he he saved that, um, and only just, and yeah, and then there were there, there were other errors, but like it, it's pretty funny how like this the whole psychology of racing and, and what it does to people, and, and you can have a plan, and obviously he had a plan, but you know, he said if he thinks about it, it's like he's completely stupid. Why would you think you can? go through a rock garden like that and not even touch the brake. But he said something came over him and he thought he was God and, um, <laughs> and he's not. So no, no. and, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, he slowed down before he almost had the crash and like rode the front. So I don't think it would have been as horrific, but yeah, it's super interesting, but it shows you when you're confident and, uh, someone that came in with no confidence, obviously we spoke about Loic. But Loris and I won't I won't f forget Kolb. I mean, he's got three podiums on the trot. <laughs> he's only had three podiums, and he's had them on the trot. But Loris did not come in with confidence. But I mean, he went. I think he went timed quickest, qualifying quickest, and he wow, a lot of pressure on his shoulders for not having a podium yet, and then delivering on a track that's you know you have to push so hard and so easy to make a mistake because of the the changing of the conditions. So, so, um, Loris is the first time now. If the stat is wrong, we're going to blame Bernard Kerr, right? Because, um, Bernard's got this obsession about fastest time training, fastest quality, and fastest race run. And Bernard at Leo Gang has had fastest, um, time training and fastest quality before. And, uh, so he's researched thing. This is like the triple, the perfect weekend. Um, he reckons Sam Blankensop, Schludming, 2008, was the last time someone went 
in an elite men's went uh, time training, quality, and race. So if anyone on the internet there can correct that. Am I, are you sure Bernard Kerr qualified fastest at Leo Gang? Qualified. Or. Okay, that's one question. Okay, uh, maybe the other, he, the other question wait, wait, I have. Sorry, sorry he's, he is obsessed. He is obsessed with that. But what I'm what I'm saying is, it hasn't been done since Sam Blanks off in 2008. But the facts could all be wrong as well. I have a sneaky feeling. I have a sneaky feeling it came up on the podcast before. I don't. I'll have to look it up. I feel like Vergier has done it at Maribor, timed quali okay. and then race. But stand to be very corrected. I'll have to look it up. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so the Berger, triple, like triple for the for the for the for the weekend. Yeah, that's proper. Yeah. Um, and and I I asked Verge like, I don't want to be like clickbaity or TMZ style, but like I said with Gwyn, you can't not ask certain questions. You know, you can't not ask Gwyn like, what the hell's been going on the last two years? You can't like just congratulate someone and they win and ask them how their race run was. So with with Loris, it's also he's he's been. All of last year and, and coming into this year, he was like the guy to beat, you know. Um, so I was like, what was different this race, you know? Um, for, for starters, he said it's quite hard to have no teammates. He, he's not um, coping too well with that in terms of just the fun of the weekend and, and having going up on the lift. And not that they like follow each other, but they do do some runs together. He said that that hasn't been great. So there's there's that. But he said the track was like dry, loose, fast, and he says he says he he says because it was quite straight. He says he gets like super scared, but obviously he said like not as scared as other people because he just doesn't break. And where other people are like just just drag and break or tapping break, he says like although it scares him and he doesn't like a track like that. He said he always does well, like Maribor, whatever is like a straight, you know. He he just He's just a bit. He's got a little bit more of a screw loose when it when it's like that. Um, and he also had his uh, his mom and his dad there watching racing. So you know, like sometimes bringing the family, like uh, Manar's family and everything, and Lens had last weekend. It it can um, tip the scales, especially when you got no teammates. But um, yeah, it, it, and him and PA are just like next level when it comes to. When it comes to bikes and setup, um, you know, he's, he's always had a couple of bikes, different sizes, and it, he used to like he used to saw he used to saw the V10 like bits and pieces off it to make it more flexible. Like there's like stuff that he used to do, and the stuff that they do on wheels, um, they they came off like different carbon wheels to alloy wheels, and what him and PA do with um, spoke counts, spoke tension, lacing pattern, like. The amount of different stuff they do for different tracks and different runs and different feelings, like you think people are like puzzling like um, over suspension with with uh, that we always see everyone puzzling on suspension. You have no idea what those boys are doing with wheels. It's it's in fucking credible. Um, yeah, uh, we've got to get PA to break it down um, sometime when it when it's you know. Yeah, I feel it, give it's quite it, it's quite something. Give any of if it you think away, how much but... time? Yeah, if you think how much. What what people like? How long they fuss over suspension, and and doesn't matter how good the bikes are, they're always like fiddling with suspension and changing it. But the wheels, with what you can do with 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 flex and stiffness and rebound, and um, you know, is exact same as that last percentage of suspension performance, and you can do it with your wheels, and and they've been doing it. Believe me.
Yeah, that's incredible. And the late Dave Garland that um, helped Danny and, and I was on teams, he was an incredible suspension tech. But in saying that, uh, also with wheels, spoke tension, and him and Danny would, well, not Danny, Danny would ride the bike, but Dave would ask for feedback and he would he would do little quarter turns or spokes and all sorts of stuff. And that really can change your your confidence in your traction. And he mentioned he feels good on fast stuff he feels good the bike works well so obviously if you know you do well on tracks like that and you know your bike does well or you've got the setup for it to do well that's going to help you the confidence there but also i think the lower half you had to be pretty clinical as well because it got steeper but then there was you know some of those turns turned back on each other and and loris is really good at that he doesn't ride over his head on on stuff like that so that was pretty incredible to see and good for him man it's tough and that's what is that like? Because I'm in a similar position. Uh, we know a lot of the riders. We want everyone to do well. Of course, we all want to try to be friends out on the circuit. But if you're in a journalist position, you have to ask that question, and they might take it quite personally. Like, what, how do you toe that line between like being mates with all the riders so that you can get them to open up, and at the same point, like it's not clickbaity, but I got to ask this, and it's going to make for good content. Well, I think I think with the riders, they know. Um, like, I don't have sort of favorites, um, regardless of who I'm working for on the photography side. Um, I've got to know them all over the over many years, um, and they also know. I guess it's I guess it's just through the history. I've never. I guess they can open up to me, and some stuff can be said that gets kept private, and some stuff we can put on on the air um and it's i don't know if it's because i understand them and the sport or it's it's really just a job of, of listening um you don't you know obviously there's certain facts you'll cover in an interview but too many times people have got questions they want to ask but they're not listening to what's been said because what's been said determines your next question or how you're going to follow it through or, or bridge into a you know, we'll start an interview one way and it'll go completely the other way for 10 minutes. And, and then that's like way better than anything. Um, uh, it, so it's really, yeah, it, it's just building mutual respect and, and, and uh, respecting people's confidences and, um, you know, uh, and I guess just understanding the sport and a bit of the psychology behind it, um, you know, people ask for lines and, and I will tell lines based on who the rider is because different lines are going to be good for a different rider. Um, I'm not going to be like, Hey, uh, Manar's going there. You should try that line because Manar's going fast. So it's like, it'll work for different riders. Um, yeah. And it's tough, you know, like you have the highs and the lows of racing, which is what makes the sport from our end as fans. Like look at Pom Pom and Amri last weekend in Lanzahada and team of the day um you couldn't have a more perfect weekend you know what would have been more perfect if they had it here in andorra where where common cell is is like headquartered uh, headquarters are um but this is the the cruel the cruelty of uh and the beauty of of sport um and i hate things like sport and competition because it sounds real jockish but um it, it really is and and uh and also like it's not like cross country where you're up to like your physical fitness determines your results um well you know obviously you're riding too these days um but look at both of Amory and and pom pom like there was 
I'm really, uh, Pom Pom began the week sick, um, like food poisoning on a drip the whole day before training, like literally 10 hours in the hospital on a drip. And then she took training the next day on, in a heat wave. So like she started off on the back foot, um, which probably led to her mistakes in the final day. And Amri, on the other hand, had a fucking amazing week. And then literally just that training run, first training run on finals day, massive crash that I don't think anybody else would have been able to race after that crash. And um, somehow, you know, he he put another training run in and then his body held up to put a race run in. So the fact that he can do a race run and even get a uh, what I think is still a decent result and get some points is um, – I don't think anyone else would have done that. That guy is like built built to – and that's – yeah. That's that's one of the reels that gets sent to me by Jonty the minute it happens. I mean, he's also such a super yeah. fan for it. And, I mean, you rewatch it and – he almost so say he's going forty k an hour, whatever that section is, right? He almost gets catapulted yeah. off the bike, and so he might be going. His body might be going quicker than when he left the bike. And yeah. uh, any other rider and any other part of the body that hits that tree, thank God it was padded, because uh, yeah, that was so naughty. But he played incredible damage control. That's a lot of fight because he's technically extended the points lead because. Uh, Matt Walker had a crash at the top of the track as well. Pretty uncharacteristic yeah. from him. So that's a bummer because he was second in points. So Amari's played huge damage control, and uh, it's no surprise. He thought he might be able to fight and do a run, but, man, after that crash, I'm sure subconsciously the mind's not going to let the body go that quick again. You know, that that might have been pretty scary. I think only maybe like G. Atherton is a similar sort of athlete with a physicality and, and when they're looking their best and they build and like they could be on like a naked male calendar. I was going to say, a, I'm waiting a, for you to... biology text. Oh, okay, that's <laughs> the sound, text, that's the sound like, bite I'm going to use with this party shirt you have on. With yeah, Omri yeah, looks good naked. Yeah, stop the headlines, yeah. Um, but like... Maybe Adam Brayton could take a crash like that. G. Atherton could take a crash like that. I'm trying to think. There's not who else could probably take a crash like that. Um, Valley Hall could take a crash like that because she does. Um, but um, Lloyd Bruni's strong. He's he's yeah, just, but he's a I feel strong like, human. I, yeah, but I feel like when Lloyd Bruni has a big crash like that, it does rattle him a bit more. He gets oh, man, but that's like, mentally then. You mean mentally? Yeah, but either he yeah, and he seems to like also like analyze his body and, and maybe make smarter decisions than maybe Omri did and um, and and like not race, you know. I guess Deprella, he's taking crashes. I was going to say, Deprella's then... strong and I think he's young and hungry and those two have one, one thing in mind. But yeah, shit, thank goodness he's all right. Not ideal for him, but yeah, I mean, the, the result he pulled off, off their top 15-ish is huge damage control considering how deep the field is. So uh, that's he's extended the points lead there. So that's pretty incredible. And then, yeah. And then it's the first time we've seen in the women's, Cammy qualified first, um, like I think she qualified first every race this four, year. Uh, at I least four it, times. I wrote it down. It's four out of the five. Four out of the five. Yeah. But this is the first time I've seen her have a slightly scrappy, messy run. Like she, I would certainly agree like, with that, have, yeah. Like like her 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 riding looked a bit messier than her style normally is, um, and then to to counteract that, um, Vale. So actually, after you and Eddie had that podcast, after you and Eddie 
did the podcast last week, you gave some really like smart, sound, sage advice for what you think Vale should do, right? And I, I WhatsApp Vale and I said, you should listen to this podcast. It's super good racing knowledge and gold. Like there's a lot of stuff that can help you here. And they nailed it, not just on you, but on, on everyone. You should listen to it. And then she said, not another podcast is talking about me and telling me what I should do. I said, I said, yes, but <laughs> you should listen to it. And then she said, she said, you know what? I'm done listening to people. I've tried everything everyone's told me. I'm just going to get on with it herself. And I was like, oh, fuck, she should really listen to the podcast. No, I like that. But, but, I like what but, she's done there. But she's she, 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 and, and, um, and she did. But I also didn't, like, I don't, you see that run on the live feed? I've only just watched the replay recently. Um because when we're at the bottom, you can sometimes see bits of the run, but you, you're trying to get a photo, so you, you're not really set up where the screens are. But, um, man, that and that's what made this track so good. Like, people want to see big jumps and high speed on the live feed, and there's still this tech stuff. You know, you don't have to have tracks under three minutes. Nobody exactly would have to make that a thing. But um, that was, like, her writing or the fastest guy riding the track the live feed was as good like there was almost no difference um and and she yeah i um she was kind of pushing out of turns pumping out of turns she didn't hold back one bit so um no but miriam technically was faster at the second split so she would have had some competition yeah. but this is incredible for valley just to get down the hill but riding attacking you know she was riding race winning pace she won the race uh, that's a huge monkey off her back. Shame. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame yeah. her for not wanting to listen to another podcast, another bit of advice, because <laughs> it's it's her lessons she has to learn. We can all try give her bits of advice, but man, your body reacts different under pressure and under stress, and and it's been building for her. So incredible to see her take the win. And I was looking at your um, uh, some of the photos of the finish line. She looked pumped, holding the bike up up uh, under the finish line. And then what was she doing? Like running away from the cameraman to get you still photographing some pictures? No, no. So cool. I, I, like those moments don't just happen. Like I was like, Valley, can I get a shot of you with your bike? Like sometimes I do it. Like Jackson will, like Jackson loves the camera. So he's going to do like, he's going to get <laughs> in the finish roll. If he's won, he's going to like, like they almost have to drag him off the course because the next rider's coming down. Like, well, the next, uh, the leads are started to train and Jackson's still like celebrating in the finish area. So we're like, all right, Jackson. Um, but so, sometimes, you know, you run down and you, you miss the, the moment you crossed the line or, you know, but he didn't go last. So you got to manuf not manufacture the shot, but um, I'm like, well, let's get a shot with you and your bike. Can I get a shot with you by the finish line? And then, you know, she did what she wanted to do. She wanted to lift it up. I didn't tell her to do that. Or sometimes I'll grab the winning bike while they're doing flower ceremony to shoot that. And then there's like just a swarm of photographers and, and um, filmers. But that Red Bull guy, me and him, I, I don't know, I wouldn't call it mutual working respect, but we like, we always like, we're in each other's space a lot. And it's like his domain is the finish area and he's got <laughs> one brief and has to like stay on the winner once she's won. Until like his day is over and he's like he's like his cable's been unplugged from his camera, he literally is just gonna film the winner. And my job is to like do the exact same thing, but um he's kind of 
I guess, because he's TV for like, anyway. So we have some battles and some pushes and some nudges. And I, I was like, this time I was like, fuck, that, that's my shot. And now you just come <laughs> to stand in front of me for a shot that wouldn't be happening if it wasn't me organizing. So there was, um, so it was quite funny. And Vale obviously knew that. And obviously she got the shot for the TV, but then she like, it was, it was quite hilarious how she just sidestepped and ran around him so that all the photographers could get a clean shot too so um as if yeah as if that's um, a first photographer or videographer you've shunted out the way but because you might be on a little time constraint i'm going to go through some of my thoughts and then oh, you wait, just pick one, it up one, one, no 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 thing. i'll go through some thoughts and then you pick up any lady you want and any any other thing so oh, no. yeah what Big, uh, one thought before i forget um i don't think Sven hosting seen... the podcast again well i mean what am i here oh, for fuck, sorry no go for well, it <laughs> Have you ever seen so much time being made up on the last split? Um, uh, that's a great, that's a great topic, 1. fair 8, enough. 1.8 seconds back on split four, and then he came into the hot seat. Uh, same thing with Andy Kolb. He was like way back. He, well, he got faster throughout his run. But um, it's this track, and you know what it comes down to? It doesn't matter how fast you rode the whole natural track. Whoever could ride that bullshit rubber metal scaffolding <laughs> stuff quicker that no one knew how to ride. No one knew how to ride unless you like Marcelo should have come and, and done it because it was like urban downtown. Um, literally the race was almost won and lost on that stupid um, hot rubber. And uh, I think maybe a lot of time was one made there. I was hoping for a vent. I thought we'd start the show with a vent about the pits that uh, were in a weird area well, compared mean, to the bottom. You know what? It, I, it, Logistics suck, but it um, it'll be better next time. And and they've got some figuring out to do. It's not ideal. It's not a great finish line to shoot because it's all man made and tarmac and scaffolding. But like I always vent, and people are sick of me venting, so I'm not going to vent. Okay, well, Sven's turning over a new leaf. Um, I think there's a couple things. The last sector of a track or the last two sectors is always critically important because so many people ride the first split the same. You know, they're they're all attacking fitness hasn't started playing a role but this track it was so critical to get it clean if you made a mistake down the bottom and those loose turns that were pretty slow you were going to lose time and then like you said there was this other factor how much commitment could you show on those bridges so yeah it really paid off so three podiums away for andreas kolb luke my smith deserves a huge shout out um, and before we wrap this up even though you've got a few minutes maybe I think it's incredible for Blewett coming mm. back so nicely after his injury. Attacking run as well. She looked incredible on the jumps, but also calculated. If, if ever there was a track that was going to suit her, when she arrived and saw the top half of that track, she would have been beaming inside. And, and she's from Christchurch, and Christchurch is like dry in the summer, and, and it gets soup. It just it was a lot like this track. You know, New Zealand, everyone thinks it's green and lush and rotorua and stuff, but Christchurch is like dusty and... and um, Oh, I almost said kind of shitty compared to Nelson and Queensland Road River, but it's not. Um, <laughs> they got a they got a they got a good bike park there, so this was literally just up a street. But but I'll tell you one thing on a, on a sidebar. I was watching some of these girls, and these are like girls that get twentieth. And you're don't not allowed to say girls. Cups. You're literally going to make me edit this whole thing. You're not allowed to All say right. girls. Um, well, then junior girls, because you can call the juniors girls. Um, <laughs> and I was seeing I was seeing these junior girls and elite women. Um, some that don't even qualify and, and pretty much like 90% of them, 99% of them were going so fast, hitting all those massive, massive jumps 
and just raiding the berms and like I was just sitting there thinking, wow, this sport has come a long, long way because like it used to like I wouldn't be hitting the staff and junior girls that aren't even qualified. Well, they're all qualified, but like it, it was pretty impressive and and um and these courses have made them, you know, step up. Um girls in surfing are surfing pipeline and, and chupu and, and all the like gnarly stuff and, and in mountain biking it's the same. Same courses and yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, the competition is great that there's so many more. I mean, speaking of that, you got Jess Blewett, we haven't seen her on a podium. Uh, Millie is back on a podium, but that hasn't happened for a little while. So she was really excited about that. And then Nina Hoffman back in the mix. And she said she she played it kind of safe. And I made notes here going, you know, she was weaving a bit versus some of the straight lines. Tidy run, but she was definitely not risking. And then she mentioned, hey, it was a safe run. I probably could have done more, but I just decided to to get it down. And, and, and you know, there was a lot to yeah. risk there. If you did, it wasn't like other tracks that if you crashed, probably wasn't too bad but the the sheer pace no, of it and crest, going yeah. through those trees as well like we saw with Amri it, it could really yeah. it could really ruin the rest of your season because we're getting into the real important part of the season it's ending off the overall you've got three races left and then you've got world champs and and everyone likes the track and we know how how awesome it's going to be in in France I mean there's going to be so many spectators so yeah it's interesting to hear some of them talk about you know maybe Riding a bit safer because there's still some important races to come. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, this was not a track you wanted to crash on. There, there was, and for someone like Nina, that that you know she has a history of having some big crashes. Like that was a smart move, I think. Um, a good, a good calculated run. Yeah, absolutely. So we talked a little bit about Suarez. Um, yeah, I mean, I just have to mention he's, these he's guys. Gonna, he's, he's very still, due, isn't he's he? He's still going to have a win. He's gonna have a win. You he say you're calling him for a win, a win, not a podium. I think I think he'll get a win before a podium, but that will be a podium. It might be I mean? his, his podium will be a it win. Might be in snowshoe. His podium it? will be a win. I don't know. If it's snowshoe shoots him. That's where. No, I think um, that's where he showed crazy pace last year. If my memory serves, he's showed. Here's he, the thing: he's showing pace at nearly all the tracks. <laughs> it's not a surprise yeah. anymore. We don't have to guess where he's going to show pace. We he, we definitely don't. And the fans, when when he gets the the the, the fans in Andorra were quite something, and and the the national pride, whether you were a Spanish rider or, or Andorran rider, it, it's like you just hear the the volume level and super knowledgeable. Like it was just you get goose flesh um, seeing Valera get second in cross country, and when when Angel's on the track, it's just like it's it's just a cool um, to be out there and just kind of get that vibe and and, and absorb it all. How high on life are you if you're Andy Kolb? You didn't have a podium three or four weeks ago, and now and, you've got three to your resume. And then, and then <laughs> if you add those crankworks, there's crankworks is like slalom win and the Daniel Pope, like and uh, European champs. I feel like, like I don't know what he's. Yeah, he's he, he's obviously still going to be wearing the exact same boxes and the socks every time. He's, he's he can't be changing say. anything. I'm gonna message him and ask him. I wonder if he has an agent. I'll I'll help him. He's gonna he's gonna demand some more cash. That's for sure. No, the the um yeah, just yeah, good to see the. the not that he's not on good money. I hope bike. people don't think that's what I'm saying. I'll just uh, no, but obviously when you when you signed Charlie and and Andy, you know they weren't the riders they are now. They weren't getting the results they are now. They're not. 
they, so like obviously their worth is going to go up and it's just great to see the bike um the Atherton's bike just been proved that it's a successful thing and so much so that Specialized went and copied it not copied it you know, <laughs> oh is some, some, are we dropping some, some rumor mills again no, I mean you can see that it's like an Atherton like knockoff, basically. It's... Oh, but that's the tubing. But you don't know how the shock and the linkage looks, do you? No, no, no. It's probably just a common you... cell inside there. Knowing you, you've snuck no, in there joking. and looked at no, it. No, I'm joking. Um, but I asked, I asked Finn. You know, he hasn't had a, had a lot of time. He had 15 days on the bike um, before this race, and and less so before Lenza had her. And he said he took the gamble with Lenza had her to ride that bike, and it, it paid off. Um, and I asked Loic, so well. If Finn is guaranteed that the bike is faster, would you not now use this opportunity to also be on the faster bike? And he said, there's just no way. Like, he was injured when Finn had those, uh, like, two weeks on the bike um, in Morzine. You know, so, and Loic, he's, like, probably more in all that bike setup. And he, uh, but it'd be interesting, like, knowing that, like, maybe the back of, like, Loic's head, he knows Finn might be on a faster bike. That is that is super interesting, but I also agree, and I I think it would be tough to switch. But if you, yeah, yeah, how much is it up to that? Finn's, you know, is it a placebo effect that Finn is on a different bike yes. for Finn, or is it factually got a second or two? So that's pretty tough. But uh, maybe before you run out of here, have you got any riders' union gossip? Yeah, or do you want to do you want to tease in, in, do you want to tease it a little bit because I know some other people are speaking no, about I, it and I'm sure it'll come up a bit. I went, I went to both the meetings in Lenzerheider and um, and Andorra, not as a journalist, but I've put this to a number of different riders and a number of different team managers for a couple of years now. Like I've and me included, yeah, we've chatted about. Yeah, it just it, there's a lot a lot of things that you know from there's a lot of things that have been happening or increasingly so um, that they basically been walked over or, or the sports, they need to have more of a say. And and there's sometimes, and, and the biggest one is obviously there's a safety factor. There's been a couple of times where they've asked for changes to be made for the safety of everyone, not just for the fast guys. And they haven't happened. And, and there's been injuries. Um, and at some point they've just got to put their foot down and, and, it's a perfect time with the new structuring of the sport and the new direction, the new management, the new organizing, because it's not just a new broadcaster. The, the, the UCI are now essentially going to be providing commissaires to a race, and ESO is going to be the governing body, so to speak, or the organ, the, they're going to choose how to change and make they – they're able to rewrite rules and laws and, and all the rest and change it up and – Hopefully it'll be all for the good, but so it's perfect time for the riders to to have a few things set in place, and um, you know, so that way, like, you're not coming to a race when there's a bridge that's known to be dangerous, and they've asked for it to be changes made, changes weren't made, and collarbones are broken, and crashes, big crashes happened, and they could have been worse, and that was on the safe bridge, the drop to the finish line, going into the mouth of that bridge at the top, that was sketchier, you know, at the speed that so. Um, and that's just for the safety side of things. There's other, there's lots of other things that they can get organized for. Um, and mostly it's to aid the communication, the better flow of communication between them as riders and the organizing body. Um, in the past, the UCI, as great as they've been, them and Red Bull for the sport, um, 
and they've done a great job. There were certain things where it fell on deaf ears or you couldn't make a change, even if it was a, you know, a logical or a safety change. It, where I think there's a lot more open dialogue, there will be, um, we'll hope and we'll see. But traditionally in the past, there, there always has been, um, with the way the EWS started and Chris's job with the UCI before he founded the EWS 10 years ago. So, um, but it's just perfect, just perfect time. Um, and they figured out how they want to do it. And um, it's worked on a very democratic process with the men and the women. And, um, you know, there was different ways of doing it. And they've decided on a, on a pretty good democratic way where, where everyone's getting a vote. And um, riders outside of like the top 30, they will still be able to weigh in and, and voice their concerns and get it pushed forward and, and everything. So, and it's not like a union in terms of like striking. We're not going to take the start because that'll probably never happen. Maybe why not? Why not? One time it will. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if something is 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 ludicrously unsafe, they're not going to like not take the start because they want more prize money. That will be like negotiated in a different way. You know? um, but like, no one stood up for the riders. You know, everyone the the current rider reps are too busy racing. You know, you, Greg and Pom Pom have done a good job in liaisoning with the UCI, but at the end of the day, they're there to race on the weekend. They can't be dealing with, you know, political bullshit on the weekend or, or making changes happen. But like too many times the Danielers have just been playing backseat. You know, UCI brought in e-bike, well, e-bike category to world championships, right? Um, Monsonan, I think, it made its debut. Guess whose prize money dropped so that they could have prize money for e-bike world champs? The Downhillers' prize money dropped not the cross-country riders. It was e-bike XC world champs. The cross-country guys still got the same prize money for winning world champs. The downhillers' prize money dropped to supplement the e-bike world. Like and that's not hilarious. One it shouldn't even drop or, anyway. Or not one of the. It shouldn't. It should be going up exactly. But not one of the managers or the riders even like said something like, "Oh, it sucks." I'm like, "Yeah, it sucks. Don't fucking take the start." And and well, half well, like, most of them didn't I've been, know I've been going on because it's only the top three that um, get paid at the world champs, and they just. Piss it away at the bar, probably. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, if I, if if I was a writer, this would have happened a long time ago because I don't like to like suffer fools. But um, I'm glad they're getting it all, and they're doing it in, in a much more diplomatic way than myself would have done. And, um, so, yeah. Why don't we hear from some of the writers their post race interviews that Sven mentioned? Thanks to him so much for coming on the podcast and getting these interviews. And go check out Miss Spence Summers, where some of these interviews are, and they have awesome World Cup coverage as well. Honestly, really good all weekend. Um, I felt really good this morning, and I think, I mean, honestly, like, it's amazing to be back on the podium. Um, Could have even been a bit better. There was mistakes. You yeah. You and Finn had some big ones. For sure. I think Finn and I both, like, lucky to be alive a little bit. Um, I just felt a like a little bit of, like, a half step off my whole run, like, compared to what I was this morning. I wasn't riding horribly. I just didn't really feel like I was killing it. I was a, a little late on some of my turns. I kind of was struggling with the balance of how hard to push. Maybe um, it's just not used to going that fast again, huh? Maybe, yeah. And I remember like halfway down the run, I was getting a bit frustrated with myself. I'm like, dude, this is a race run. You need to get your crap together. And, uh, and then I almost had a real big crash and lost a bit of time. And thankfully held it up and um yeah finished the run it was a little messy but um honestly i was kind of surprised to be in the lead at the bottom i felt like i left some time on the track but very nice to be having kind of uh what i would consider not to be my best running on the podium again <laughs> that's a good step not to open up a can of words but like what do you think's kind of 
kept you off of this pace the last, say, two years or so? Um, I mean, there's been a lot going on. COVID, yeah. time injuries, new bikes, all sorts of things. I think for me, it's been a bit of a combination of the equipment. Um, but even saying that, I mean, I podiumed on the other bike and Portugal and felt like I was had good speed. I think for me, it's been time more than anything. I've had so many weird setbacks where, like, you land on a loose rock and practice, have a huge crash, kind of nothing you could do. Like, last year, wrecks my whole season. I just feel like I haven't raced more than twice a year, and then I get hurt. I mean, this year was the same. I started off first race of the year. I think I got 30th in Lords or something. Had a big crash there. Really didn't show kind of where I felt I was at. Um, but I've just had a couple more races to work myself back into it. Whereas the last couple of years, I've, I've been going out after round one or two, and I just haven't had the time. So. Yeah, it's it hard to swallow, just like, it's what it is, like, it's no problem, I accept everything, but, uh, yeah, just like, I feel really tired, and my whole body is so, my head is like, Can you tell us what happened in your slow last, motion? your last practice run, right? It wasn't my first practice run, like, I had a okay. big slam uh, in the off-camber after the road garden, so a pretty gnarly place to crash, that's gnarly. Your body, where are you hurting? Everywhere, like Everywhere. head, both shoulder, and my hip, and my ab, and my knee. <laughs> but it's okay. So that's almost everything. Uh, yeah, kind of everything. But uh, yeah, a big work with the physio, and uh, yeah, honestly, like I put my mindset like I wanna win that race. Alright, so you didn't even want to just get some points. You wanted to go for the win again. Yeah, I wanna. I wanna like just like to give my best and uh, yeah for sure I wanna do something good but uh, my head was not uh, not ready for that like I told is you it, I'm a bit in slow motion so is it, is it safe to even take the run if you think you hit your head? Yeah, I did some some tests and it was uh, it was okay like uh, no head pain no nothing like everything was green you know to take the start. Another podium, yeah. another week, another race. Give us a rundown. What ha what happens once you guys cross the line? Like from the end of your race run to now, what 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 goes on? So end of my race run, Loic came down. He beat me by point two. I was a bit he, frustrated because I was like, he was definitely mentioned that he was happy about that. For sure, he was happy about <laughs> that. I feel like we're like really good. I feel like our friendship's better than it's ever been. Yeah. But the want to beat each other is also better than it's ever been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is interesting. But it doesn't seem to get in the way. Like today, I was like, I was third, but I'm pretty happy that like the two guys that beat me were Loic and Loris, which are both okay. pretty crucial parts of my yeah sort of growth through biking. Yeah. Um, since the race, I was pretty upset because I knew I had the pace today, and I made that that mistake in the rock garden. And like, I was first at the first split, first at the second split, and then I made the big mistake, and I ended up third. It was like. I'm second overall now, pretty stoked. Like, I'm in a good spot with the overall, I'm good spot with my riding. So <laughs> I was like, kind of survived death there with yeah, the final yeah. jump as well as the rock garden. So I literally went straight into the VIP area and got a beer. A beer, all right. Down the beer. I rode the e-bike up to the podium. Yeah. Uh, I saw my mechanic and then we sang, I sang the national anthem for the juniors because Canada was one, three, four, five in yeah, juniors Yeah, you today. have some depth now. Plus, Plus Gracie, Gracie was still the second overall, yeah. overall leader. And so, you know, sort of Canadian juniors are on the way up right now. And then I went back to the pit after that, signed a bunch of shit, gave away a couple things, jersey, goggles, whatever. And then uh, just drank, partied a little bit, packed all my stuff for snowshoe. 
And then Loic and I rode down from the top together down the road. On the road, so yeah, you, didn't, you kinda, didn't take at that point. I'm wearing Birkenstocks. I was <laughs> You're like, not riding down one of the and like, Maxi Avalon's track. One of my favorite parts about Andorra is that you can ride down the road from the pits, and I listen to music, and I just like enjoy the. Take just the, so it's kind of serenity. Soak. It's like a bit of serenity after like a busy day. Yeah. And today it was like exactly the same. I did it yesterday. I did it the night before, and um, now yeah, I'm. It's like the, probably the only time you're alone all weekend. Yeah, basically, and now I'm here and i'll have a shower we'll get dinner and then we'll get on the beers and two weeks off before snowshoe now going back to the splits uh first first do you think like without riding on the pace to get those first splits like you know i wouldn't say that's why your mistakes happened but i mean you've got to ride like that and put everything on the edge and, and yeah. the risk you know the difference between the track and practice and the, and the track and race was like ridiculous so it was like in practice it was sick i was like yeah every line goes and then by the time the race came through there's like ruts where you're like coming in and there's like a rock the size of my head in it and i'm like boom front wheel off the rock and like Shit. you're just riding so on the edge all the time and it's not because the track is particularly hard but it's just like changed there's so much shit going on you have to be so like eyes open prepared for whatever's coming and i came into the rock garden and to be honest, I think I just got like too confident because I was riding well at the top and I was like, I'm fucking on it. And I like was a bit delusional and thought I could hammer the rock hard, no brakes. And, Invincible. Like, and then I like compressed too hard through that compression, turned the front wheel and then like jackknifed into that turn. And at the finish, I just like never hit that fast in my race run. I was like, ah, let's just see what happens. And I got pretty close to the barrier. Yeah, you were, yeah. The, I think you were, I, that was like a junior move because we saw some big crashes in juniors. Exactly. There. I don't think it's like a... Uh, it's not like one, it's, I wouldn't say that riding fast causes the mistakes. I feel like they're kind of mutually ex exclusive in the sense that like, I was riding really fast and I got too confident with myself. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that I can learn. And like, I just need to keep riding the way that I do and not try and like one up myself. And then you came into finals, it's like none of the lines, you can't see the dust is like this thick, like Shit. rocks everywhere. And you're like, it is what it is. And so how do you guys like, it is so different and so much worse. How do you still manage to go that fast on a, I'm not gonna say it's a blind track because you're taking the lines, but yeah. you're gonna be catching some some surprises. I think it's the commitment level. Like you're just like, you come out of the gate and you're ready to do it. And like, you know that you're capable of riding a certain speed because like in practice, the whole goal for me is to ride each section really fast, like basically to the maximum capacity that I can so that in my race run, I know the limit for each section, except for the rock garden, obviously. <laughs> um, but as just like, those things where it's like it's like in lens in lenser had i changed my my line mid-race run and it's like these things where it's like you have to be like looking down and up and like really looking ahead on the course and it's like you make adjustments and and it normally works out but i think the scariest thing for me is like the big loose rocks that are yeah. in the course because that isn't something that changes that's just like holy shit there's a baby head yeah. i'm gonna hit it and die yeah and like not die but have a big one and and this track you can't really have a crash without it being a big one so I think today was was interesting and it kind of showed like the results are all over the place like you have some yeah. crazy people in the top 10 which is really cool because it kind of gives more variety to to the results rather than just like the same people all the time but yeah. i think in so, snowshoe the results will be a lot different yeah i want to say quite a different track and dirt and dust and exactly and, and stuff but um but also there's a pocket of the same regulars doing well it seems yeah, yeah it seems like mostly i mean amari had such a big crash this morning but without that i'm sure he's in the top five yeah and you're uh you got 666 points in second creeping yeah. up it number of the beast man yeah i don't know beast I don't, mode in uh, yeah. west virginia yeah i think so like now that you're in second are you pushing for 
a series title or do you like one race at a time one race, so you're it's not... always one race at a time even this weekend i like my whole goal coming here was like i was only 50 points out of second and i was like i'm taking second overall i want my because not after the first race i was number two and i was like i want my number okay. two play okay, back yeah and do you think Loic's got different agenda? Like he's obviously. I think he's Leger, out to win right? races now, and he's gonna try and win Leger because he's at four hundred points, and that's like four hundred behind Amari, and two fifty behind me, and like yeah, it's a, it's a lot of points. So I feel like. But he's got to be thinking about Leger. Absolutely, yeah. the worlds is the goal, and I think that race wins and worlds and. It's a different agenda, but it's race by race because if you like, you have an overarching goal, but if you're focusing on the overall and you're focusing on everything else that goes on, you're not going to be able to ride the, the way you want to ride. And that's just, I feel like every rider would say the same thing. Two races on this bike. How do, how do you think, how much faster do you think it is than your old bike? I've ridden 15 days on this new bike total. Yeah. And I have the speed to win a World Cup almost every weekend now. If, if you don't. If I up. don't fuck it up like I did today. And with the old bike, we had five years to get to that point. Huh. So you tell me. Well, I mean, you're also evolving, not just... For sure, but, yeah. you know, it is what it is. And I think next year, we'll see. We'll do a lot of testing this off-season with Olin's and Specialized and everything, developing the bike. But next year, I think, is going to be a... It's going to be a show. <laughs> All right. Um, and to see Aaron Gwynn. You, have you ever stood on a podium with Aaron Gwynn before? Uh, I'm not sure. I, Everyone, there's this thing with Gwynn where people are like, oh, Gwynn's done. It's the same as Menard. It's like, Menard's done, Gwynn's done, blah, 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 blah. It's like, those guys are not done until they call it quits. Yeah. You, you can't lose that ability that they've had in the past. Like, 20 World Cup wins, 22 World Cup wins. Like, you don't lose that. And, like, Gwynn showed that today. It's like, I mean, these conditions are are super difficult and he's just like rock solid all weekend yeah and i think that going to snowshoe an american race he's going to be on fire so we'll have to be careful of that that's exactly yeah be careful that's exactly what you don't want to you, you know you don't want to poke the poke the bear and have him show up like 2017 or 2011 <laughs> or whatever you know all right man uh good chatting and uh yeah what do you do the next week off do you go home before west virginia or do you no. stay here then I go mean, straight to west virginia stay here for four days and then we fly to west virginia on thursday all right. And then we do West Virginia, Mont-Saint-Anne, and then I finally get to go home for like five days. Will you catch we... the end of Crankworks? Will I'm just... going to race the A-line, and gonna I'm going to do the whip-off, and that's it. And then I'll just get chill, go Take... home, see my family. You and Jackson and can uh, make some bets on the whip-off. Both winners in the past on the whip-offs. Yeah, that's true. I don't think I'm going to try that hard, but okay. maybe. We'll see. He's good, man. This kid. Is... <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, he's, he's really right. good. So I know your juniors always check their lead times. How would you have done in elite today? Yeah, I I uh, ended up taking the win in elite, but I think the track was a lot different. And uh, I was talking to Lars, and he was, and uh, you could just see that some of the corners were pushed below the tape. I would say like the that, track but... broke down for sure, and it was slower, but still the fastest qualifying elite was still the fastest qualifying elite. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Fucking hell. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think, I'm pretty hyped. <laughs> I think Bruni's best he ever got in a junior was maybe a fifth. Fifth? Okay. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to look at the stats, but maybe yeah. better. I'm happy. Hey, bro. Ah! Hey, so can, you want to race the lead for the last few races then? You probably got the title. Dude, no. I would have been. Actually, the title's not wrapped up. You've got no, no, work no. to do. I would have been. Uh, I would have been pretty good, but Jordan's been like first and second every time, so he's only like 20 points behind me. Yeah, you've always been. Even though I may be side down. Yeah, I may be doing all right in the in the junior, but it's still it's still not over yet. Last week you told me you were racing just for the process. Yeah. To get one step closer. Pretty good decision to do yeah. that, huh? 
Yeah, seeing how better I was this week felt yeah. felt amazing to be honest. Like being in the mix feels like wow, a relief, you know. And uh, last week was terrible. Felt super bad for two, three days. Went home alone with without a girlfriend. I was just not depressed, but I was like, what the fuck is happening, you know? Yeah, but coming back from injury, I mean, yeah, where yeah. you are already now, so so for soon sure, after. But I still had a good run in Lentehide, you know, okay. so it was crazy to be so far off the pace. But that's the difference, the way the sport is now, you got to be 100% yeah, exactly. strong, mental, body. Exactly. And I felt like today I was I was close to 100% to be honest, yeah. so it felt so nice to ride like myself, push. You saw the, the mistake. Yeah, like, yeah. Like I think all you guys had like a big mistake, yeah. maybe, maybe not Loris, but for sure Finn and yeah, Aaron yeah. as well. It was, it was super... <laughs> The track was overwhelming, you know, the whole week, mm. and so it was super easy to do too much. Yeah. And uh, and today, I got close to to a, to a crash. So felt good to to put on a solid run. Uh, Loris was stronger, so I have nothing. I regret. I regret nothing. You know, it's yeah. it's been it's been a good weekend, but I feel like I have more on the tank for what's coming in the next few weeks. So I'm pretty excited, and hopefully, yeah. I can I can deliver. And beating Finn today was so good. He was so, <laughs> no. he was so mad, you know, like. It's happy, we're happy for each other, but we want to beat the shit out of yeah, each other but too. Exactly, but that's good for both of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it's good, good uh, rivalry, and I feel like it's uh, at its peak, you know, right now. Yeah. He's better than ever, I'm coming back to a really good level, and it's on. So he wants, be on. He wants to win Monsantan, and I told him there's no way you're winning Monsantan. You won't even let him take Monsantan if you want to take Leger. Yeah, if I. If, <laughs> if, I, was that the if deal. we had a contract, I'll take Leger, <laughs> okay. but. If you know it's not happening like that, so yeah. all right, dude. Well, good to see you on form and good to see Aaron going on the podium with you boys. So happy, yeah. yeah. It's, it's not so good idea because if he's back to himself, you know, it's he, dangerous. He can, right? he can be dangerous, yeah. Jess. Jess, Jess, didn't waste time on your uh return from second injury, injury race. Uh, yeah, I mean, but it's like unexpected, but it feels good to like be back on pace and kind of back up there, yeah. But you, when you say a bit unexpected, when we saw these jumps and, and how comfortable you are, um, it would have been an easy track for you to kind of get up to speed on, I would say? I think a little bit, yeah. I mean, jumps is obviously kind of my forte, but um, this track's kind of like a little bit like home. So for me, I was like, well, not home, but like our national champs race in Christchurch is like very similar. Yeah, just really dry and like loose and jumps and that sort of thing. So. In a way, I was like, oh, like maybe this is the track for me. And so I just wanted to kind of like see what happens and then, yeah. Would, would you, was your goal for this year to be on the podium? Uh, no, this year. What was your goal going um, my, my goal this year after injury was kind of just to be consistent in top 10. And then obviously Fort William, I blew that out the door, uh, injured. And then I was like, okay, lens are hard, let's just qualify qualified top 10 result um and then here i was like maybe i should just step it up a little bit and then yeah just a little bit more and i think it's just like that step by step sort of thing and then yeah ended up getting a podium so yeah the whole season i was just going for like consistent top 10s that's what i was after yeah bro what is it about this week that we see you as old Lawrence, let's say uh to be honest like Whenever it's really fast, dusty, and like kind of straight, like we have a weapon. Um, <laughs> we have a weapon. Yeah, like Maribor, it's you're typical. The, are you the weapon? I don't know. Maybe I actually like when it's fast, but definitely like you need to be on the edge everywhere without 
losing traction so i guess i like that um really happy to make it happen like obviously i was telling loic like after two consecutive races where you're not in pace like it's yeah. it feels really hard like yeah. it's hard to be up top and confidence is building and hopefully we can do that again uh end of the season so we'll see and um how do you normally the tracks kind of get faster on race day and and they get faster as the day goes on but this track i would say get got worse because every time a rider is in front of you something's getting pushed and blown out yeah sadly it's like whenever you want to be out of the line like you actually can't because like so much dust and loose rock so everyone is on the same line all the way down and obviously gets pushed and then yeah it gets fucked so there was one turn like i obviously saw it that it was fucked and had to slow down but then yeah we saw the junior this morning and they were pinned so we're like okay maybe we have to <laughs> yeah go harder so yeah it was crazy uh those bridges looked hard they were not straight or they were 90 degrees you had to do weird brake checks they were blind we saw some crashes like how do you turn on rubber hot wet hot rubber uh so i saw jackson godstone turn on them like full confidence yeah and i feel like you need just to trust them and be smart i guess you're running like a like a shorty or like a mud or a dry like a mud tire uh, or whatever you guys run yesterday i was on the shorty front and back like yeah. uh, the equivalent yeah and then today I was on full dry and obviously like the grip is not there anyway so might as well like want the rolling speed okay but yeah it's really it's weird but like I said like we ended up on the road in Maribor so I'm we're getting used to like weird stuff we're <laughs> okay, getting used good. to hey dude uh, enjoy it thank you so much nice one so Vale we haven't done too many of these this year yeah I guess I was too grumpy every time after the race grumpy can be good it can feel some fire yeah it was a big fire so, after the inside. So, um, on the track where a lot of people crashed and everyone could crash, you didn't crash. I actually had a big crash just the last practice run before finals. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, big time. Yeah, I'm ready too. Hey? Yeah, you got, a, you got a little hurt, but yeah. um, so what? Yeah, how do you? You have your last run and you have a crash. What? How does that put your head? Well, actually, I was just so over it. Like I was like again. Like, fucking my shoulder hurts, yeah. my leg hurts from last week, and like everything else hurts from the whole season. And then, I don't know, it was weird. Like, I was super pissed. I didn't tell anyone that I crashed just because it was kind of embarrassing that I crashed again. You didn't want to admit that you crashed again? No, I just admit I had a little lay down, but I actually had a massive crash. So I didn't tell anyone, and then like, yeah, yeah, it's fine, blah, blah. And then I started to get a headache, and I was like checking if I have any concussion symptoms. Yeah. But luckily nothing because i was talking with greg after and uh it was i was just so stoked for tegan to get on the podium like he was such in a good mood and like the vibe was so nice and i was like Fuck, i, I want to have that too yeah. and then i warmed up and i was like getting into the mood had my headphones back on and i was just really not confident but i was like well i'm gonna just try one more time and and without any regrets or anything yeah, you say no regrets, but it's got to be hard to take that run when you have had crashes and be like, yeah. you could have done a conservative safe run, which which may have which may have worked or not. But um, but, but it's you funny you you had to attack again. And, oh no, yeah, it's, it's funny, but like I feel like I attacked way more in Lentide, and it, okay. like this run felt so smooth. I had okay. no sketchy moments, nothing. So that's good. So I was just riding super safe. I knew where like I lost a lot of time yesterday, like in all those long straights. 
just because I'm not someone who is like turning their brain off. You know, some people can do that, and I struggle so much to always touch my brake. Yeah. And I like really had to like get over my fear to like, okay, I'm gonna leave the brakes open. You see what Loris does? He he puts a weaker a weaker brake on the front, so that when is he does it? touch the brake, it doesn't slow him down as much. That's actually really yeah. smart. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, there we go. Stoked for both of you guys. That's awesome. Well, guys, <clears throat> we've got to let Sven go. He's had quite a couple of weeks on the road. Let's let him have a nice dinner. I've snuck him away from uh, his travels here. It's my first day off. It's my first day off since May twenty second or May twenty fourth. Well, I appreciate that doing the podcast with me is not work. We've had a good time, and uh, we'll do some more. Oh, one, one more note. We forgot uh, about this guy. He uh, he's Canadian on the time juniors. constraint, but he doesn't want to stop talking. Look at those Canadian juniors. Like, look at all those Canadian juniors. Juniors, just like uh, four of the top five Canadian. Yeah, four of the top five riders in the men's juniors are Canadian. I did see so, that. Um, I, I met uh, Cruz in Crankworks with his dad, and he's coming back from sort of injuries and stuff. Uh, that's cool because we've been waiting to yeah. see the next crop, haven't we? Yeah, and um, that's a good. That's a good. Um, you know. Steve Smith's legacy is going to, you know, continue on. So it's good to see with uh, Finn and Jackson and now Tegan, Bodie, Tristan all doing well. It's pretty awesome. Well, ladies and gents, that was another Crank Brothers race review with me, Andrew Nieting. That was Sven Martin, an ambassador for them. They celebrated 11 years in a row winning that World Champs title with the Mallet DH. And they just clean swept Andorra. They won all the categories there with at least the pedals. Some of them had the shoes. So, guys... Go check out that offering that they have on their website. They won, won women's cross country too. Oh, there you go. I, I wasn't uh, yeah. commenting on on cross country or looking too much into it, even though I am a big race fan. So look at it on riders like Bernard Kerr, Lucas Shaw, who's unfortunately injured. That's a bummer. Laurie Greenland back in the mix. Cami leading the overall. So guys, hit me up with any feedback you want. If we've missed any stats... You can try direct message Sven. Um, he's got FOMO, so he probably will respond. But yeah, thanks to Sven. Till the next one, you know what to do. Like, subscribe, share with a friend if they enjoy racing.